0: Box Crusade presents the monthly Monday movie muck about because the podcasting world really needs another movie review show. I'm a big movie lover and I've got a very extensive collection of movies and I'm really surprised when I run into someone who I think is an expert on movies or somebody who's got a deep movie background and they haven't seen a movie that I consider a classic. To rectify this I try to sit down with somebody make them watch the movie and then grill them about their thoughts and impressions just to kind of have a conversation. For today's episode, we are going to talk to one of my favorite friends, one of my favorite podcasters, Jared Albright, the yard sale artist from the Longbox Crusade. Jared, how the heck are you, man?
1: Oh, man, I'm great. And I appreciate you having me on here. I was unaware there were any movie podcasts on the on the internet, so I'm glad to be part of the very first yeah. one. I assume this is the first movie podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some out there, but they're really hidden, and they're <laughs> few and very far between. <laughs> and the subgenre, the subgenre, any movie podcast that deal, deals even tangentially with comic books, psh, mm-hmm. I mean, forget about it. You'll Don't never even find look for it. Never find uh, yeah, it. Never find it. Right, never find it. Right, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. This is a little show that I've kind of had in the back of my head for a while. I've done one other recording, and I really want to kind of get this out into the world. Who knows? Maybe it's even going to end up on your network. I don't know. We'll find yeah, out. We'll <laughs> find out. I mean, I, I know some guys we can talk to. Oh, we, we, can, we can see how this goes and find out from there. <laughs> I really appreciate having you on because you are a huge movie fan, and mm. you've had me on your show. We've talked a lot about movies. Uh, you've had me on your newest little adventure. What's it called again? Uh, it's a YouTube
1: adventure, a YouTube live stream called More Yard Sale, Not So Much Art. Yes. Because I have my art channel, but I also do a lot of yard sailing since I am the yard sale artist. And I thought it'd be fun to do a little spinoff show where we just look at my finds that I find from week to week as I yard sale. So, yep, that's where you and I have been talking movies because I've gotten a lot of DVDs on that last couple episodes.
0: I think that it has a lot to do with the more streaming services. A lot of people are like, ah, I want to get rid of the physical media. But people like you and me were like... Pfft. Bring it. We like the physical media. I like having that backup, even though I tend to like, oh, let's see what's on streaming because it's just too far to walk downstairs to where my movies are.
1: I know. I know. It's funny to me whenever I just put a movie on streaming or or from my Plex server or Netflix and I kind of look to my left. And I see my Blu-ray collection up there on the shelf, and I can see the movie that I'm watching. I'm like, if I would have went and got it, I could have watched it in even better quality. But I'm not getting off this
0: couch. Yeah, yeah, it tends to be that way. But that is a very long roundabout way to bring us to the topic of the evening. On one of your recent episodes, you were showing some of your finds, and it came up that you had a movie that is a classic, a bona fide classic, and you had not seen it. But your buddy, your best friend, Delvin the Dark Web Williams, he said that he saw it, and he's not a movie file at all. He's not a cinephile no. at all. So no. So we mocked you a little bit, and we said no.
1: I mock myself because anytime <laughs> there's a movie that comes up that Delvin has seen that I have not, that's a sign of the end of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you can
0: see the six six four. Yeah, you know, we're, we're a couple Locus houses are down. next. Yeah, we're a couple houses down here is what's going on. <laughs> this movie was. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939, and this is a classic that was directed by the incomparable Frank Capra, and it stars Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart, Gene Arthur, and Claude Rains. So, I was like, come on, you haven't seen this pivotal movie in, you know, the history of cinema. I wanted to have you on so we could talk about this and get your perspective before you had a chance to sit down and watch the movie. So. Let's just talk about it a bit. What do you know about this movie from not having seen it, just word of mouth, your own knowledge? I just know that a lot of people see it in high school.
1: A lot of high schools show it because I know it has to do with a sort of basic and simple man and i don't mean that in a negative way just a a regular joe who uh, i believe gets elected to congress or senate or something and goes to washington and then tries to do what we all all of us regular people want congress and senate to do but we all know that that world gets gets real gray and muddied and it's a tough world to live in and i think it gives the every man's viewpoint of this just honest citizen who went up there to do his best That's what I think it's about. I
0: may be wrong. (laughs) That, I think, is a pretty good assumption about what the film is. Why has it skipped your attention for so long? You know, I don't know.
1: There's several movies I could probably list that would make you gasp that I just haven't gotten around to yet. I mean, it's weird when you've seen, you know, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny about three times, but you've never seen The Godfather, which is true of me. By the wow. way, <laughs> so. all right, we we may need to come back to part two of this. Then we yeah. have a real deep discussion about the Godfather. <laughs> I've never seen a Godfather movie. Uh, you know, it, I guess the point is, you, you no matter how hard you try, you really can't see them all. True. Eventually, something's going to slip through, and, and it just kind of slipped through. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Jimmy Stewart fan. I know Frank Capra is classic director. Love Claude Rains, so every it's got everything going for it. I'm looking forward to watching. I'm really glad I got it in that yard sale haul, and uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's something I need to watch, and I'm excited to watch it.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, this is the point in show where you know now that we've gotten our rhythm down and we've had you know got the conversation going and we're we're really diving into the meat of things. um, Mm -hmm. We say goodbye. And, okay. uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and I let the guest go off and the guest and I are both going to go off and watch the movie you know, in better times and in closer environments I would love to have it where we could sit down and watch the movie together yeah. as I did in my first episode with Nicholas Prom watching The Crow but not possible right now and not possible because of distance but the idea here is that I'm going to let you go back watch the movie and then we're going to come back after you watch the movie and have a recap to find out Okay, how did this meet up to your expectations what did you think of the film? Let's discuss some of the high, some of the low points, and we will kind to of go from there. So thank you for your time right now, Jared. I will see you on the flip side.
1: Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is a significant picture. It is significant because it emphasizes democracy in action. I consider it a real privilege and a real experience to have played even a minor part under the distinguished direction of Frank Capra. By far the greatest picture of filmdom's top director, three-time winner of the coveted Academy Award, the most timely, the most vital, the most significant picture ever to come out of Hollywood. A homespun boy and a hard-boiled, worldly-wise girl in a picture carved out of the everyday lives of everyday Americans with those inimitable Capra overtones of drama, laughter and romance. Plus, the finest supporting cast ever assembled.
0: Welcome back, Jared. Death probe. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just
1: back from uh, from Washington. I, w- I was sworn in as a temporary uh, senator, and uh, I-, I-, I did a lot of work passing a bill f- to make nice. a campground nice. for good. the kids. Good, good for you, good for you. So now I'm just, I'm just waiting for those nickels and dimes to roll excellent. in the mail, man. Excellent,
0: excellent, excellent. And this is going to be the downfall <laughs> of our civilization as we know it. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so, you have had the opportunity to watch Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939. Black and white. Frank Capra. Excellent classic. What do you think now? You've heard about this film your entire life. You haven't had the opportunity to see it. Now you've watched it. I'd like to just get your real quick impressions. What is your impressions of that film? Actually, before we do that, let let me just do a real quick synopsis of the film. Pretty much along what you said here. We have the death of the senator... And that kicks off a series of events where some powerful political allies in the state try to pressure the governor into hiring their candidate. And he wants to buck against that. He wants to go against somebody else. And people are getting up in arms. And his kids bring in a great solution. Hey, you should get our Boy Scout leader. You should get our Boy Scout leader. Mr. Smith, this guy's great. So he... Bucks the entire political trend, gets this absolute outsider, political novice of the F degree who's got these grand ideals. They get him in, say, go to Washington, toe the company line. Well, what they don't know is that he is an idealist of the first class. He may be naive and he may be completely out of his element. He ends up standing up for some his own morals. And as he does, the political system pushes against him and we have some amazing scenes where he does the filibuster (laughs) and he holds on to his seat because if he lets go of his if he lets go of the floor, he is going to be expelled because of the lies that his political rivals are throwing up against him. Scandalous. 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 So just some amazing, amazing scenes, amazing cinematography. What is your first impressions? How much did this match up with your expectations of the film?
1: I would say this matched up pretty well. I've heard several people recommend it over the years. I mean, it's it's Jimmy Stewart and Frank Capra and Claude Rains, you know. I'm like there's a lot going for it before I even press play, you know. And yeah, it held up its end. I've got some interesting insights well interesting to me being a first time watcher mm-hmm. to, to talk about with you about it but overall I would say it matched up really well I think it is a real strong film and I think it does deserve to be talked about even to this day I mean this was made in 1939 and it's uh, it's still a wonderful wonderful film
0: yeah I I i was impressed too because it's been a while since i put it in my own vcr and and watched it and as i was watching the film i i couldn't help but feel that even though even though there's a lot of it that does feel dated or idealistic there are so many things in there to feel great about and feel like this is this is what the aspiration should be this is this is what it should be and it's mixed with that reality of what things kind of are. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about some of your, your, your thoughts and your opinions before we get to our hot highs and lows. What are some of the things you, you noticed or gleaned from the film yourself? Oh, like you said, it had a good
1: amount of idealism. And being that we are both uh, men in our well, I'm in my forties. I'm assuming you're in yours, or if not, We're, soon.
0: Once again, once, <laughs> once again, we are the same age. It is hard to the, it is hard to figure I, uh, that out. I may look like a young little boy, is, but we are the same little age.
1: I'm going to milk this bit out for life, by the way. Uh, anyway, we are men in our forties, so. We have had a dose of reality, and we we are more of I think the kind of like Saunders, uh, the character Saunders is. She's got like she's got this firm yeah. grip on DC reality, and we're kind of of that age where that's kind of we we see the reality. Yeah. But the, the the fresh-faced idealism of Jefferson Smith is an inspiration to us all too. We all want to be yeah. And that will definitely play into probably my biggest note about the film overall when we get there. All
0: right. Yeah, I, I should say that part of, uh, for those who haven't seen the film, and that's a crying shame, you should, the female love, well, there's two female love interests there, but the secretary that is handling the Senate office that Jefferson Smith goes into is your uh, almost a film noir, you know, hard nosed, fast talking you know reporter type but she's she's the secretary and she's the she was the young girl young lass who came to the city with big ideas and quickly had the dose of reality thrown in her face and she is jaded she is bitter she is willing to look out for person number one, and that would be her. But she's good friends with the press, which actually ends up being, the press plays an interesting role in this. The press plays the real lens into which we're kind of seeing everything. They are completely honest the entire time. And they're like, we are gonna give you the honest truth. We're gonna tell you it exactly like it is. It may sound like we're lying, but that's because we know the score. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, the press gets played themselves. The press is owned by certain people and that's, you know, That gets controlled. The message gets controlled. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. the press corps in Washington, they're as jaded as everybody else. They know how it plays, and they're willing to take in somebody like Jefferson Smith who comes in with his fresh ideals and mock him and rip him to pieces and, and belittle him. But at the same time, when they see that he's the real deal and that he is standing for something, they go to bat for him. They're like, all right, we have an honest person who's willing to stand behind his ideals. We will support that. Plus, he he literally punched them all in the face. He did. <laughs> he did, and he did, and they were willing to say, oh, you're gonna punch us? Sit down, have a drink. We'll tell you the deal."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, nah. no. But you're right. Jean Arthur, as Saunders, she was really, really great, yeah. and she almost play every movie. I think kind of needs a, a character who plays the role of the audience. Yeah, and at, at yeah. our age, even though I'm a few years older than you, um. <laughs> you know, <laughs> She definitely, I think, plays the the more like we, we know how the world really works audience member, yeah. and I think that plays well in the film.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead, because I think we're gonna I think we're gonna tie in a lot of what we're gonna talk about as we go forward. Let's talk about some top hits and some low blows. What are the highs and lows in the film? And if this format seems familiar to you, it's because I stole it from some other great podcasts <laughs> that are out there, um, which I think you did too for your Longbox Crusade. Oh! Yes,
1: yes, that's, that must be it.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, let's go back and forth and hit some of our highs and lows from the film, starting with my guest here.
1: I would say my first high and my main bullet point from this film, one of the most surprising things about the film to me was, brace yourself for this, this is not the story of Jefferson Smith, because in a in most movies, your main character has some kind of a transformation. Yeah from the beginning to to the end. He does not. He is the same guy from the beginning to the end. He's he's rock-solid ideals. This is the story of Senator Joseph Payne. And God bless him for being played by Claude Rains, one of my favorite actors. It's the story of Senator Payne and who he's allowed himself to become. And through watching Jeff Smith and caring about Jeff Smith, how over time Senator Jeff Payne gets absolutely disgusted with Senator Jeff Payne. He's the one who transforms. And
0: I thought that was brilliant. I can see that. I can see that. Because throughout the entire film, right up until the last two minutes of the film. Like literally 60 <laughs> seconds yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's He is towing the line of the uh, Randolph Hearst character, the, the media baron who's controlling all of the narrative of everything that comes out for the state. He is crooked. He has bought into everything. And you're right. Until the very end of the film, when he finally, you know, says, "Oh, I can't do this. I can't. I can't break Jefferson Smith. I. He is right. I am wrong." And he goes out into the lobby of the Capitol building and tries to kill himself with a gun, which is like, "Huh. (laughs) Well, that's something we might not see these days." I might
1: have an edited version because I don't remember that
0: part. You don't try to kill himself with a gun. Oh my
1: gosh! You're kidding. (laughs) I don't remember that.
0: (laughs) That is interesting. There's there's a loud bang that occurs. You know, Jefferson Smith's in there, and he's still... uh, I think it's as he falls to the floor, or right before he falls to the floor. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's right afterwards, because there's a loud noise out in the the lobby, and then it shoots out to the, the outside of the lobby, and they're wrestling the gun away from him, and he runs back in and yells. That's when he does... Claude Rains does his yelling that he's right. I was wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. right before no, that, that. That
1: may. Okay. I that may have happened because I was thinking when you were it's, saying I was thinking it happened after. Yeah. That fallout, but having it before, I think I do remember the loud bang part now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that may.
0: It's. Uh, it's. Uh, yeah. You need to really kind of pay attention because what was that loud bang? And then you see him out there, and he's they're pulling the gun away from him.
1: Okay. No. No. I think that's legit. I think in my brain I was trying to do it after. Mm-hmm. Um, after he does his big yelling speech, yeah. and I was like, I don't remember
0: anything after that. I think it went right to credit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, you're uh, you're absolutely right. But no, I I I think I do agree with you. The only transformation that Jimmy Stewart goes through as Jefferson Smith is he understands the reality. He understands right. that there is another layer beneath the idealism that exists in Washington, and people really are that crooked. And it's mm-hmm. that's his only transformation is that. Yeah. Is, is the maturing, the growing up that he does. But yeah, that is a very, very great point. I, I think for me that one of the absolute highlights is the use of location in the film to sell the idealism and classicness of, of what they're trying to be. The mm. moment that they bring Jimmy Stewart to Washington, they, they lose him. He gets lost. (laughs) He's got two goons for handlers. They get distracted by something, and they turn around, and he is gone. And he just walks himself on a tour bus and goes on a tour, an impossible tour. Because I was looking at it, they're going going to Arlington Cemetery, they're going to all of the monuments. He's like, yeah, he's gone for like two or three hours. I'm like, nah. (laughs) Nah." That's all day, man. That's all day. (laughs) That's that's two or three days at least. (laughs) But he goes, and he sees everything. And I mean, he goes Mm to... I'm so excited! He, he goes it. Lincoln Memorial and just he takes his yeah. hat off as he enters Lincoln Memorial. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the reverence, the love, the respect, and and you have the the scene with the grandpa talking to the grandson. They mm-hmm. use Washington D.C. and the tradition and the the honor of everything that's there to really sell the ideals that Jefferson Smith stands for. And once again, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a real selling point about that, that's bringing it once again. This is who he is. This is who he believes in. So that was a that, that always sticks out for me as as a big point for that film. What about you? You had something else. I would say this was actually a low.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I both cracked up over it when we were watching it. The guy who's back in, in Jefferson Smith's home state, which I don't think they ever named the state. No. And I don't think they yeah, they never named the state. They never name any party affiliations and all that, which I think is Wonderful, because that's not what the movie's about. <laughs> so back home in the state, there's the guy who's like, he's not a politician, but he's like the business guy who's, who's skeevy and controls everything and controls all the politicians on it. And he's controlling, like you said, the media, mm-hmm. and what gets out. And so the kids, right? The Boy Scouts oh, from yeah, all across yeah, yeah. the state, they start trying to get the truth out, uh, or, or Jeff Smith's side of the story through their little, you know, Boy Scout publication, and... This is where my wife and I had to laugh and give it a low. Like, this guy goes to the, such extremes to make sure the Boy Scout newspaper doesn't come out. Like, oh, <laughs> He, like, they run some kids off the road and, and, like, it's unclear whether or not they died. And I'm like, okay, I, I get that this guy's evil, but I don't think anybody is that evil. Like,. Do anybody really care about what's in the Boy Scout? It
0: was it paper? was it was 1939, man. It was a different time. I mean, I guess. I mean, first of all, you had that 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 jalopy that was full of kids. I don't think any of those kids were like over 13. <laughs> and you no, yeah, I mean, you got like no, a 13 no or 14-year-old f- driving the thing like eh, and, and they got a big old Teamster Union truck just pushing them right off the road. It's like push up over the boy scout newspaper (laughs) i was like come on oh
1: it was bad that was like i was like okay i get what they're trying to show that they're trying to squash all voices
0: but i'm like that's that is next level i just like that's i don't know you know I, i don't this might be one of those things that i we'd have to go back in time and really look at it because there was a different media outlet or there was i mean we didn't have Anything like TV. We didn't have anything mm, like Georgia. the internet. So, Main Street Corner with the guy wearing the little jaunty cap and the apron and hawking out the newspapers, that was where the news was. So, if you've mm. got another place where some kids are pushing, you know, printing out some pieces of paper and they're saying, here's the real news, there you go. The, there's your two channels of TV right there that you can choose from. I guess. And I mean, if. They were really threatened by those kids. <laughs> the, <laughs> Well, Jefferson Smith had had the love of the boys. So, I mean, we're not thinking it's... They made it kind of look like it might just be one little mom-pop. But I think it was... The call went out to all the kids all over. No, and I no, think, no. You know, I
1: got that impression. Yeah, But
0: I, I, I did think that looking at it from today's eyes, it's like, okay, that's a little over the top. <laughs> it's like, did they just murder those kids? <laughs> they murdered them. They murdered them something fierce. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and like,
1: like men came in and like literally like drug kids out of the pretty pretty press room and like i was like this is ridiculous but it but uh, uh, anyway point was the point was made i suppose
0: i think this is this isn't really a high or a low this is just a once again it causes me to pause and i think it's a good good bumper on what you just said different time but there are 96 men in this august hall and i said well any right it's not 96, it's 100. Oh, yeah, this is oh. 1939. This is pre hawaiian Alaska. And I, Alaska. I, had, yeah. I had to just stop for a second. I'm like, 96, that's not... Oh, yeah, this is a little bit before. But once again, that was something else I think was interesting was they did an entire scene where Saunders and Jefferson Smith, where she sat down with him and said, let's talk about how to make a bill. And it's like the dejected and bitter version of the old schoolhouse rock here's how a bill becomes law
1: <laughs> it's like, i'm a bill i'm, I'm a, a bill, bill down definitely. on capitol Hill. Yeah.
0: it's like it was like the Bitter and dejected version of that. Yeah. It was just like it was like if that cartoon character had a cigarette out of its mouth and a and a, and a paper bag with. It's just like, <laughs> let me tell you what I've been That's... through.
1: <laughs> and the best part about that is when she finishes it, he's like, "Well, let's get started." Yeah, yeah. She gets through this he's entire undeterred. thing.
0: Entire thing where it's like, you have a snowball's chance in he double hockey sticks. And all right, let's do this. When are we gonna go for it? We're, <laughs> yeah, I got my pen and paper right here. Great, <laughs> very cool. So, yeah, very yeah. cool. Uh, anything else you want to want to hit as far as a high or a low?
1: Uh, yeah, just a couple small ones. Um, I first of all, I think um, Harry Carey played the president of the Senate, and he was so likable. Yes. It was ridiculous. Like at first, he's kind of a kind of a smart aleck, but then like you could tell Jefferson Smith won him over early, and he's just he's just saw a lot of great things in Jefferson Smith, and you could just the way he played that was so sharp.
0: I, I think it's also another nice note to uh, to something you alluded to before, where they don't say you know whose party who is on, and I think that it was a refreshing moment to see the the president of the Senate, who may have been on an opposite party as him. Maybe have, but you saw him, you know, very much, we're we're doing the company line, we're we're doing business as business, but then he was like, you saw him like, no, I am the president of this body, I am going to be the arbiter of fairness, I am going to stand up for what is right, whether it's, Mm -hmm. whether it's one way or the other, whether it's, whether I have a relationship with these senators who I've known forever, whether it's feeding my party line, none of that mattered, and it was Mm -hmm. refreshing to see, because- Unfortunately in today's politics you don't see that. And you don't see somebody who's in charge of the Senate take the time to say, "No, we're going to treat this fair as in we're going to treat this political." Which I think that character and the actor portrayed extremely well, like you were saying.
1: Yeah, he was he was very likable. Yeah. Very likable indeed. Yeah. I did a little bit of homework for the show mm-hmm. to be very very clear, much like the movie itself, I'm not there's no political point here, just a trivia sure. note. I looked up what the longest filibuster in the Senate has ever been.
0: Oh, um, I... You know what it is. Oh, gosh, it was recently, wasn't it? Uh, no,
1: I think it was in, it was in, uh, it was over civil rights, oh, so it okay. must have been in the 60s. Okay,
0: then I don't remember um,
1: then, I don't remember. And, and, again, I don't know the details, so there's mm-hmm. definitely no political point here, I'm just yeah. just a trivia fact. Strom Thurmond apparently laid it on the floor for like 28 hours or something, I can get you That's the actual... right. Yeah. yeah, from I think he was from South Carolina. Senator from South Carolina mm-hmm. uh, holds the record for the longest Phil Lester. Hang on, I, I got it at my fingertips. Uh, Twenty-four hours and eighteen minutes. Yeah, that's a long time to jack. That's about what Jeff Smith did
0: in the movie to jack his jaw that long. And uh, and you got to prepare for something like that. You got to prepare Ooh. big time for something like that. I was like,
1: damn. But, like, I, the movie made me think, because I was watching it, and, I, and Jeff Smith's just going and going.
0: I was like, I wonder what the record is. So I just Googled it, and, yep, it's, it's Trump there in 24 hours, 18 minutes. I, I'm a big fan of the TV show The West Wing, and they did an episode where a senator stood up and did a filibuster on a bill that they wanted to get passed. And it was late at night, and the entire, entire staff at West Wing are like, we, we just want to go home. It's the end of our day. We can't go home because we need this vote. And we need to spin whatever the vote comes out as. And so everybody, everything has stopped as they're just watching him. And Mm -hmm. finally, somebody realizes, oh, this isn't about, this is about something else. This is about, he's got a family member that's affected by this medical thing that did not get added to this bill. This is a personal thing. And they're like, okay. We need to stop the party politics and everything. We need to get people in there to help this guy out because he's been talking for an insane amount of time. And once they realize, <laughs> once they realize, it's like this isn't a political ploy. This is this is a personal thing that he really cares about. Mm-hmm. They start calling up all of the, you know, regardless of party, call up any senator who has a grandchild and get them on that floor and help this guy out. But it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it's when, when it's like, thing. When you take the politics out of it and realize there's something personal or there's something that that's meaningful in there, it's like mm-hmm. ah, that's when it that's mm-hmm. when it gets good. Absolutely, I concur. All right, um, if that's it, unless you got anything else, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just kind of looking at my own notes here, and I just I one note I had, I like Saunders getting drunk with Dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, okay, that scene is actually a bit of a low for
1: me, just because it just, it was so long. Yeah, it was that long. That scene could have been done a little bit tighter, and they still could have got their their point across, as I was like, man, this scene is really going on. Now, the overall content of it, Saunders and Dizzy are a fun duo yes, to sir. watch. So I get why they let it go a little more, because they are an entertaining duo, But that was the only scene in the movie... Okay, I laughed out loud when the kids got run off the road because I was like, (laughs) that's ridiculous. But that was the only scene in the movie where I was like, this scene is really kind of starting to drag. Yeah. yeah. And in a movie that has like a super long filibuster scene, you would think that would be the scene that started to drag, but... I don't know. I just felt a weird, weird sensation at that point. Like this scene's a little long, but I mean, it by no means detracts that this is a great film. Yeah. And
0: you're right; people should. Uh, going along with your earlier thing about uh, Claude Rains's character, God, it's so good. Yeah, you were saying that he transformed in the film. I think you could almost say that everybody transformed in the film with right. the with the smallest. I, Jefferson Smith transformed a little bit, changed a little bit. He learned more, but everybody yeah. else in the film transformed. Sanders transformed big time. Yep. She she yep. finally realized, "No, this guy's real legit." <laughs> yeah. And, and Yeah, she lost that jaded armor that she wore. Yeah, she lost it big time. And even got the press over on his side too. So, mm-hmm. all right, with that, let's go ahead and rate this film. I like to do popcorn bags. How many full bags of popcorn? Because musical genius Joe November ain't on the show, so we do no He's halves here. Hand. We don't you keep your hands on that popcorn until you vote, all right? How many full bags of popcorn, one to five, would you give it? Five being the best, one being the least. Oh,
1: man. Uh, if Musical Genius Joe November was here, you would definitely give it four and a half bags. Ah, okay. uh, I'm going to... I'll push it to the full five because I think Claude Rains... It's funny, this is such a Jimmy Stewart movie, mm-hmm. air quote. People can't see my air quotes, and it is. It's a James Stewart movie but Claude Rains was just so good. like You just started hating him so much. And then at the end, when he just can't take it anymore and realizes who he's become and who he used to be and what he lost, oh,
0: mwah. perfect performance. Wonderful, five bags of popcorn. I agree, this is definitely five bags of popcorn for me as well because first of all, it's a classic. There's There's something perfect about it. There's something that does enshrine it in public memory. And it is timeless as well. And that timelessness is what kind of keeps it in that five-star ranking for me. Because you can drop this. Uh, there are certain scenes that are a little outdated, are a little weird. But at the same time, there there's something timeless about it, and there's something perfect about it. There's something that that shows it's something we should all aspire to be. I agree with definitely with a five-star, and I also give it five-star for that as well. And the performances are <laughs> amazing. How old is this film? 81 years old, and the core
1: of it, like you said, the core of it is still... Oh, I do have one more thing to say. I can't leave the show without saying this. The hardest laugh, the genuine laugh I had in the movie, not because kids got run off the road, which you shouldn't laugh at. No, no, no. Yes. Uh, (laughs) It it was just... I was laughing because it was so ridiculous. Has to be the porters at the train station that are lugging (laughs) all that crap around. And I'm like, I'm watching them. I caught caught it way early that they're lugging... This this crap around? I'm like these guys are just lugging all this crap, and then they they finally turn it into a joke where the guys like, "Hey, can you hold this for a second, boss?" <laughs> they, <laughs> they take just off. bolt, so they just bolt. I was dying. We, we mentioned it before,
0: where where they come to the station with Jimmy Stewart's character, and then they turn around and he's gone. Well, Jimmy Stewart brought all these passenger pigeons and and a bunch of other stuff and so they had these porters holding all this stuff and as they're running around this train station trying to find their lost senator these poor porters are just getting more and more tired and like Jared said carrying they stuff, they yeah. finally they finally just say they looked at these two guys and like hey uh could you hold this for a second and the guys like yeah sure and as soon as they put all this stuff in these guys' hands. The porters just turn around and walk away. And like, bolt, we man, are ghosted. done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they put up with that crap longer than I would. have, That's for sure. That was hilarious.
0: It ain't worth the uh, tip.
1: <laughs> it was. It's just a great cinematic joke because I think you know. I think anybody who watches it starts to think after a while, man, these porters are going through it, man. Dang. <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, is, is the movie just going to gloss over that? Nope. No. The movie made a great bit out of it at the end. I was like,
0: oh, way to go, movie. That was hilarious. That was a good one. <laughs> and that's a great note to end on. Uh, before we go, though, is there anything that Mr. Death Probe would like to uh, plug? <laughs> <laughs> for uh, where we can find you, I mean, this is your network. But tell us about some of the stuff that you do and places where we can find you, sir. All
1: right. Yes. Obviously, I'm all over the Longbox Crusade network. But if you're interested in hanging out with me personally, I am at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all Yard Sale Artist. And of course, I have my YouTube channel. If you search Yard Sale Artist, you will find it. I'm either drawing pictures or going over some yard sale scores. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I'd love to chat with you guys.
0: Great! And of course, as always, you can find me and my Grand Central Station porter, Jeff, over at our show, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we talk about the most underrated series from the 80s. That's at Unpacking the Power Pack, Jeff and Rick Presents. But you'll also find me here, or you'll also find me at Jared's Yard Sale uh, extravaganza livestream that he does, or you can find me in your heart.
1: you know where where we're at I should have mentioned this from the Uh, the, get-go Rick actually broadcasts directly from the attic of the Longbox Crusade (laughs) so I love what you've done with the attic Uh, we're working on getting you air conditioning it's getting a little stuffy up here
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I did one of these on my own, and, and it was fine and all. And then when I brought the uh-huh. show to your network and you said, Oh, we'll have you, but you have to do it here. I, I resisted yeah. the idea. I resisted the idea. Yeah, did. Um, and I was yeah. I was really holding out hope for the treehouse, but you guys said mm. that you were repainting it or something, mm. recarpeting yes. it, which I'm like, carpeting a treehouse? Whatever. Yeah,
1: we were lying. We Yeah, we, we just like to go there to hang out. Obviously, you can't be in the basement.
0: No. It's taken. No, don't want to be there. Uh, Been so- there before. It's stinky. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot stinky.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, you Clinton down there, but yeah, welcome to to our attic. Welcome
0: to our network, and uh, thanks for being here. Not a problem. Not a problem. And uh, remember, if it gets too loud, I will tell you guys to knock it down. I'm, I'll be <laughs> I'll right, be man. the Canada to your guys' United States. <laughs> right above there, just say. Hey, keep, keep it, it down. know that. Keep it down. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mo- <laughs> No, that's my line. I'm Canadian. Sorry, I don't. I don't, I'm, I'm I don't, I don't to mean to be loud about it, but uh, uh, can you guys knock it down, eh? <laughs> thank you very much for uh, having me on, and thank you very much for doing this second episode. The that brings us into the Longbox Crusade Network. So, thank you very much for your time, it. sir, and for everybody else. I'd just like to say thank you. I hope to see you next month. Until then, grab the popcorn and pull the seat for our next episode. Our theme music is The Entertainer by Kevin McLeod at Acompetech.com, and is licensed under Creative Commons by attribution for license. So, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I should use the official Canadian accent from Pride of the X-Men. Oi! <laughs> can I think you all knock it off down there and bring me up a can of Foster's. That, that's the Wolverine Canadian accent. Canadian accent, right.
1: Um... <laughs>